Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Every now and then when I feel overwhelmed by life, I start fantasizing about escape. Maybe a cabin by the lake where I could live and write in solitude close to nature. I grew up in Minnesota where there are lakes everywhere, so I can put vivid details to the vision. I'd begin every day water skiing on glassy, windless water. Life would be simple and uncomplicated. No one to bother or need me. It sounds pretty perfect if I let the daydream stop there. But as soon as I get more specific about the details, the dream begins to crumble. I'd be someplace beautiful, but I wouldn't want to be without my family, not for long anyway. And so we'd still have the daily challenges of caring for our kids and no one around to help us out. We'd still have bills to pay. None of the major challenges of daily life would disappear. Even if I stepped away from the interpersonal conflicts of life in a city, I'd still have the daily conflicts of life within my own family. The weird thing about thinking through that scenario is that it's still true, even though we're social distancing and sheltering in place. I can't hug my friends when I see them or have anyone over for dinner. We can't watch each other's kids. But there is some comfort in proximity, in knowing that in our way, we're caring for each other. With social distance bike rides, kind chalk messages on the sidewalk, or even just waving to each other from the front porch or across the street, My neighborhood was a friendly place before COVID-19, but this pandemic has made us a community. I talked about this at length in episode nine. Someone who has thought a lot about the importance of community is Sebastian Younger. Sebastian is the number one New York Times bestselling author of five books, including The Perfect Storm, Fire, A Death in Belmont, War, and most recently, Tribe a book I've been thinking about a lot lately. During these times when we're looking for a better way forward, Tribe is a worthy read. It's a startling look at humanity and modernity that reveals the ways we've traded purpose for affluence, belonging for individualism, that shows us that the things that matter most to us aren't always what we think they are. As difficult as it is to endure a natural disaster or a war, or in our case, a pandemic, Sebastian says that over and over again throughout the world, history has shown us that we're at our best when life presses in and we're forced to depend on each other. He writes, communities that have been devastated by natural or man-made disasters almost never lapse into chaos and disorder. If anything, They become more just, more egalitarian, and more deliberately fair to individuals. This really surprised me, that in times of disaster, people become better. I grew up reading Lord of the Flies and never really questioned the validity of that kind of thinking. He goes on to say, Humans don't mind hardship. In fact, they thrive on it. What they mind is not feeling necessary. Modern society has perfected the art of making people not feel necessary. He says that as life gets easier and more comfortable, as affluence and urbanization rise, the rates of anxiety, depression, PTSD, and suicide all go up. 
It turns out that money and the individualism that comes with it doesn't make us happy. In fact, it makes us miserable. Sebastian writes, People in countries with large income disparities, like the United States, run a much higher lifelong risk of developing severe mood disorders. He says that PTSD rates are much higher in the U.S. than in countries that experience constant war, even though our percentage of soldiers in combat is much lower. He says maybe a certain amount of what we call PTSD is due to the fact that it's actually quite stressful to live an independent, individual life. Sebastian writes, There are obvious stresses on a person in a group, but there may be even greater stresses on a person in isolation. For Sebastian, this idea isn't just theoretical. He spent a year with an American platoon in combat in Afghanistan. His work is widely considered to have broken new ground in war reporting. In the days before 9-11, his reporting introduced America to the Afghan resistance fighting the Taliban. He says, as awful as things were in combat, no one was walking around feeling depressed. They were too busy being needed. Their purpose in the group was crystal clear. It's why after European countries went to war during World War II, suicide rates dropped. Why after 9-11, New York experienced lower rates of suicide and murder. Why even Vietnam vets, who'd been suffering from PTSD for decades, got some relief. For a time, everyone had a shared purpose. They were needed. The collective good of the group became more important than the individual. I think to some extent, we've seen this in our pandemic world these past couple of months. I see it in my neighborhood and in the global news in equal measures. Our world has woken up to a new purpose. We've needed each other in a way that I've never seen in my lifetime before. For a little while, at least, our fight against COVID-19 was the thing that united us. But unfortunately, Sebastian says, these good communal effects don't last. As soon as relief comes, we return to the way things were before. And it turns out this is really bad for us, to go back to individualism, to thinking about ourselves all the time. We lose our sense of purpose. We stop feeling needed. It becomes less obvious where we belong. It's why soldiers sometimes say they miss war. Sebastian says that when vets come home to an affluent society where the individual is more important than the group, they lose their sense of purpose. He writes, Today's veterans often come home to find that, although they're willing to die for their country, they're not sure how to live for it. What they need when they come home is not just to be celebrated, but to know that they're as needed at home as they were when they were at war. He says, Human beings need three basic things in order to be content. They need to feel competent at what they do. They need to feel authentic in their lives. And they need to feel connected to others. I think it's really interesting that that list doesn't include wealth. In the West, we're so quick to assume that our way of living is better, that having more stuff makes us happier. But the opposite is what's actually true. Our possessions weigh us down. Our excess blurs our vision about what really matters. In our grasping for significance in wealth or status or power, we lose our authenticity, our connectedness to others. 
Sebastian isn't advocating chasing disaster or war. He says a world where we miss war is a pretty messed up one. But understanding what we gain during these times of disaster can give us insight into a better way to live. He writes, One way to determine what is missing in day-to-day American life may be to examine what behaviors spontaneously arise when that life is disrupted. I've been thinking lately about those behaviors, the things that arose spontaneously when we began sheltering in place. My neighbors started checking in on each other, offering help in the form of food or furniture or clothing or cleaning supplies, not because anyone had asked for them, but because they wanted to share their excess. My husband's extended family, which had formerly only seen each other or talked on the phone once every couple of years, began meeting weekly for a Zoom call, cheering each other on and checking in. My own family started a tradition of sharing pictures over Zoom for birthdays and taking turns recalling memories and things we appreciated about the person we were celebrating. Friends I haven't talked to for a year or more have reached out. We've told each other how much the friendship still matters. And in our own family, even as we've lost our source of income and I've become a podcaster and an entrepreneur overnight, we're reevaluating everything, reordering our life so that the things we spend our time on are not the things that we feel like we have to do, but the things we actually care about. I know that as our world opens up, it's likely that so many of these things will disappear. It's what usually happens. But I'm not willing to accept that passively. If what Sebastian says is right, that we need just three things to feel content, then maybe that's where we lean as we move forward. My daily gift of sanity to you today is this. Let's say together right now, that at least in our own lives, we're going to daydream not of escape or affluence, but of contentment. That when we feel the need to pull away or withdraw, we'll check ourselves and figure out a new way to feel authentic, competent, connected. And when we don't know the answers to those things, let's reach out and remember how much we need each other. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Shelter in Place, The best way you can support it is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes so others can find it too. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. I am so grateful to be sponsored by a small local business that isn't just committed to making great wines, but to making this world a better place. Get 10% off your order when you use the promo code SHELTER at brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com. When you buy wine, you support this show and also other businesses that are working toward more sustainable living. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.